Good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor and it's so good to have you guys here today. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. We are so glad you're here. We've been waiting for you. The Gathering is the church where you can belong before you believe. So whoever you are, we believe you were created for a purpose and we just want to help you discover that here. So thanks for checking us out. Welcome to everybody joining us online. We had uh, the internet broke last week and I got an email saying 550 people joined us online and they sent it to me 13 times. And so apparently online is awesome. Just kidding. It It was a mistake. But I like to live in that moment for a second when I thought it was real. And so Welcome to everybody joining us online this morning as well. It's so good to have you here. Um, Today we are in week two of our series, The Temple, and I want to jump right in. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, join me in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verses 19 and 20, The Temple. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Today's message is simply titled, Physical Health. Physical Health. In this series, we're talking about this idea that our bodies are the temple for the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God. And so we're talking about being healthy for the temple this year, about the three different areas that we believe are the pillars that hold up this temple that we've been given, our physical health, our spiritual health, and our emotional health. Last week, we talked about emotional health, and if you missed it, I'd recommend you go back and check it out. It's online at gatherashville.org. We believe that every area of our health matters to God. And so as we get into the new year and we talk about all all this talk about getting healthy in the new year, this time of year we're thinking about it a lot, we want to make a pledge to get healthy, not just in one area, but in every area of our lives. Now here's something, as we're talking about physical health today, here's something that you need to know about me. I love to eat. This is a truth about me. And I don't I don't just love to eat. I love to eat the worst things for you. I love pub food. My favorite food on planet Earth is chicken wings, and I don't want them grilled or baked. I want them deep fried in peanut oil, okay? I love pizza. I could eat pizza for every meal for the rest of my life and be a happy person. I love cake and ice cream and candy. I am a fully grown man who loves candy. In fact, I usually keep some in the center console of my vehicle in case at any given moment I want some candy. I've got some close at hand. And I feel like with candy people, a lot of times people either like chocolate or fruit and sour candy. I'm definitely a fruit and sour candy type person. Runts, you know, nerds. I'm talking about sweet tarts, sour patch kids. Oh yeah, all of it. I'm into it, okay? I love food. I love, uh, I, I love bad food. You know what else I love? Sitting still. Yeah, not moving. Straight up lounging. I love to lounge. I could sit in one place for any period of time. I could sit on the edge of a mountain overlook for hours. I could sit in a chair on the beach for days. I could sit on the couch in my living room with Netflix for the rest of my life. 
I've always been this way. As long as I can remember, as long as I think back, this has been kind of a part of my personality. I remember one time I was in the ninth grade and uh, I had gone to the beach with my best friend Taylor. And he was 15 and I was 14. And uh, we, we went there at about 10 a.m. We got to the beach and we set our lawn chairs out or our beach chairs out. And in between us, we put a cooler just packed to the brim with some Minute Maid lemonade and uh, in the can, you know, the real bad stuff. And then uh, had a, the party family size bag, a garden salsa, sun chips. And we sat right there in those chairs from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. without getting up once. I consider it one of the best days of my life. I, I, I walked away that day with the most vicious front side only sunburn you've ever seen. It was great. I love to eat food. I've always loved to eat food. In fact, one, one time, a pizza too. One time I remember I was about 20 years old and uh, I was broke. And I can't, this is a whole other illustration for a whole other series on money because I can't even begin to tell you how broke I was. I, it was about four or five days to payday, and I just had zero dollars, not a penny, not even, no, no credit cards because I had maxed them all out, nothing in the bank account, nothing in the wallet, nothing. And I needed pizza. Do you understand? I needed to eat some pizza. And so downtown St. Petersburg, where I lived, there was a pizza restaurant that had an eating challenge. A 29-inch pizza in less than 29 minutes, and it's free. Now listen, failure was not an option. <laughs> if you failed, it was $29 for that pizza. Hear me, I, had not, I did not have $29. I had no idea what was going to happen to me if I didn't finish that pizza. I was going to go to pizza jail, okay? And I was not going to pizza jail that day. Now listen, I ate that 29-inch pizza. That's like this big, by the way. That's 29 inches in 22 minutes. Come on, somebody. Come on. Not a quitter. I am not a quitter. Now, here's the thing. This, this, is a, this is a part of my personality, but I've had to learn something the older that I get because it affects you differently in your 30s than it does in your 20s. Come on, somebody. And so what, here's what I've had to learn as I've gotten older. My physical health matters to God, and so it's got to start to matter to me. My physical health matters to God, and it, that means it should matter to me. Now, I'm telling you this about myself up front because I want you to know that this is an area I struggle with, my physical health, taking care of my body. This is an area that I'm still learning on. In fact, this is something that I've, I've only just really been seriously trying to learn over the last couple months. This is not something that I'm an expert on. I am not you know, a, a beach body instructor. That's not me. There's no, there's more, I'm a dad body instructor, more accurately, okay? And so... I want you to know that this is something that I want us to learn together, how to honor God with our bodies, how to care, how to care for ourselves physically in a way that honors God. Now, before I go any further, let me clarify something. I'm not this morning talking about uh, physical ailments, diseases, or disabilities today when I talk about physical health. I'm going to teach on that in our Taboo series coming up in a few months, and so stick around if that's what you're interested in. Today, I'm talking specifically about how we take care of the bodies we've been given. 
Now, this time of year, there's a lot of talk about getting healthy, isn't there? Everybody's thinking about it around about December 25th when you got a mouthful of pumpkin pie and a belly full of honey-baked ham. You start to think, uh-oh, I'm going to have to start thinking about that New Year's resolution pretty soon. I'm going to have to start getting myself healthy pretty soon. It's going to be time for me to re-up that gym membership or time to go back on Whole30 or, or time, to, time to get back into that county, calorie counting, whatever it may be. We start to think about it again this time of year. I mean, just the other day, a buddy of mine said to me, you know, there's nothing like getting up at 6 a.m., going for a run down at the park and taking a brisk shower before breakfast. And I looked over at him and I said, hey man, how long have you been doing that? And he looked back at me and said, I start tomorrow. (laughs) Because we've got big ambitions, don't we? Oftentimes we make great plans and we have high ambitions for our physical health, but we have a hard time following through. And as a result, as a culture, we're becoming more and more physically unhealthy. America is consistently ranked among the most obese nations in the world. Everybody knows it's a problem. We know the statistics. We're aware of it. But I want to connect it today to our spiritual and emotional health as well. Because it's time for us to get healthy in every area. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, a man asked Jesus how to get to heaven. A great question if you're standing in front of the Son of God. And Jesus said, what's written in the law? What does the law say? What what does the Bible say? And here's the answer that the man gives, which Jesus affirms. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul and all your strength. I got it all out of order. But here's the point. We understand what it means to love the Lord our God with all our heart and mind, with our emotion and our intellect. We, we know what it means to honor him with our intelligence. We work hard on things like spiritual disciplines in order to do that better. We want to learn to love and be kind and express emotion in a way that honors God. And we get love Him with all your soul because that's connecting the Spirit within us with the Spirit of God which lives within us. We think about these things when we think about this verse. But what about the part where He says, love Him with all your strength? Because in the Greek word, that's used here, and in the Hebrew word that this man was quoting, both of them point to a very physical context, as in love the Lord your God with your whole body, honoring Him with our bodies, honoring Him with what we eat, something the Old Testament has a lot to say about, honoring Him with what we drink, with who we have sex with, Honoring Him with how we exercise, as though it was about worshiping God with our bodies. You see, I want us to understand in this series, and today especially as we talk about our physical health, that this idea in Luke ten twenty seven of honoring the Lord our God, and it's repeated in other Gospels. Jesus affirms it as the greatest commandment. This idea is that God doesn't want one part of you. God isn't after just your emotions. He's not just after your spirit. God isn't after just a little bit of you. See, he's got a purpose for you, a plan for you. He's got bigger dreams for you than you could ever imagine, but it doesn't involve just a part of you. He wants the whole thing, every aspect of who you are, and our bodies are a part of that. 
Paul infers the same thing in Romans 12, 1. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. How we care for our bodies worships God. When we honor Him with our physical bodies, it's a form of worship. Surely, if we're going to keep our bodies pure and holy and pleasing to God as a form of worship, this means more than keeping ourselves from sexual immorality and prostitution, which is what Paul talks a lot about in that chapter. Surely, if we're keeping pure our bodies as a form of worship, then what we put into them matters. How we take care of our physical shape must matter. What we inhale matters. It all matters and is even connected to our spiritual and emotional health as well. Now, before I get into some practical steps to move forward, let's talk about some ways that we're all guilty of that we allow ourselves to become physically unhealthy. First is neglect. Neglect. So many of us get unhealthy simply because we don't think about our physical health. We neglect it. I had a buddy in high school who had a Nissan car. I don't even think it had a designation because it was so old. It was before they started naming the cars. It was just a Nissan. And he had this car for a few years. I think he had bought it for about $300 cash value, you know. And uh, he would drive this thing all over town. And I remember one day he was driving to school, and, I, and we got a phone call that his car wasn't going anywhere anymore. Well, here's the thing. His car, he had bought it, and he had never once checked the oil. He'd had it for two years, had never changed the oil or checked the oil. His car just went up in a puff of smoke one day on the way to school. Do you know why? There wasn't a single drop of oil in the whole car. Now, you may not know a lot about cars. Oil is important. If you don't know this, you should get your oil checked sometime soon on your car. You've got to have it for the engine to work. He didn't know it wasn't in there, not because he mistreated his car, but simply because he neglected to take care of it. Here's the thing. Most of us, or many of us, we're not out there intentionally mistreating our bodies. We're not out there just self-destructing. Some of us are. I'll talk about that in a minute. But many of us, that's not what's going on. We're just not being intentional about it. We're just not trying to eat healthy. We go to a restaurant and we eat whatever we want to eat because it looks good. You know, I'm guilty of this. I would much rather sleep in than get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go to the gym. That sounds like nowhere near as much fun as sleeping in my bed. My bed is very warm about that time of night. I've been there for a while. It's very hard to get out. I, I, I would much rather go to a restaurant and order the buffet than have to order something that's going to give me a limited amount of food. It's not intentional sabotage for many of us. It's neglect. Second thing, bad habits. Bad habits. Addictions, smoking, drunkenness, sugar addiction, caffeine addiction, video game addiction, crashing on the couch for six hours on our Saturday instead of some, sort, some form of physical activity. Some of these things are sin. Some of these bad habits are sin. Some are just laziness. Most of us are guilty of some of it some of the time. And all of these things lead to poor physical health. The third thing, and this is a big one, 
poor emotional or spiritual health. Poor emotional or spiritual health. See, the reason that Jesus calls for us to love God with every aspect of who we are is because they are all inescapably linked. They're connected together. Your emotional health, your spiritual health, your physical health, they're all pillars to hold up the same temple. If one is weak, the others will suffer. Our three areas of health all go alongside one another. Maybe for you, you don't take care of your physical health because of an addiction or a habit that is spurred out of your poor health emotionally or spiritually. When I'm stressed out, my first go-to bad habit, because I have more than one, because I'm human, my first go-to bad habit is overeating. And not just overeating, but overeating candy, sweets. If I've had a really stressful week, one of my, one of my go-to habits would be to go to a convenience store, buy a big box of Nerds and a 24-ounce Coke, and kill the whole thing in one sitting. It's not because I love candy. I do love candy. It's because I'm emotionally unhealthy. And when I'm emotionally unhealthy, I take it out on my body. I use it as a coping mechanism for managing stress. It's gluttony as a means of managing stress. This one is so common. Eating as a means of managing stress is a way of coping that's often accepted. One that people will understand more than other things that we can do to cope with stress that are unhealthy for us. And so it's more common when we think that we're okay, that we're managing stress well. Eating disorders as a result of emotional brokenness are easier to hide, and so they're more rampant. We're meant to honor God with our bodies, to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Understand the physical desire in these words, that God doesn't just want your brain. He wants all of you holy and pleasing to God. We're supposed to honor Him with these areas, but often we let them fall aside. It's time for us to make a decision to honor God with our bodies. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, let me give you a little context before we get into this. We've heard this phrase before, uh, that, that your body is a temple. In fact, it's a colloquialism, even outside of Christianity. You'll, you'll see it in fitness magazines and things like that. People reference that my body is a temple. But it comes from this passage. It comes, Jesus called himself uh, a temple in John chapter 2. He expounds on it in John chapter 14. But the most commonly known verse is this 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. In the context, he's talking specifically about sex. In fact, he's talking about sex with a prostitute here. He says that the reason that having sex with prostitutes is so profanely wrong is because our bodies are a temple for the living God, and what we do with them has great significance. When we have sex, we're uniting our body with another person. Sex should be an act of worship that brings us spiritual unity with our husband or wife. It's not a cheap pleasure to be enjoyed and discarded. And when we treat it that way, we always leave a piece of ourselves behind and it leads to brokenness. This isn't a message about sex, but you need to know that being physically healthy means more than diet and exercise. It means keeping yourself sexually pure. It means paying attention to things that we get addicted to that aren't just food and laziness. It means more than that. There's a bigger picture. 
Sex is a wonderful gift of God, meant to be enjoyed, but outside the context of marriage, it's a broken representation of itself. In this passage, Paul is talking about how we treat our physical bodies, and it matters. It matters beyond just sex, but he's using that specifically in this passage because it was so rampant in the culture he was writing to. Just like our culture, it was thought of as something to be used. It was thought of as something just for you, a selfish ambition, instead of something that is shared and spiritual. And so before I move on to the rest of our bodies, let me just encourage you that how you treat yourself, how you express yourself sexually matters to God. It pays into your physical health and your spiritual health and your emotional health. So here, Paul is talking about how important it is to care for ourselves in this context of sex, but the principle reaches out to every aspect of our physical body. So let's look at it. Verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? John chapter 14, Jesus introduces this idea that he's going to leave. And then when he leaves... Someone better than him is coming. He tells his disciples that. His disciples have walked with Jesus for three years. Can you imagine? I mean, they had studied every aspect of his face. They knew his mannerisms. They would recognize the way that he spoke. Can you imagine? And he's leaving them, and he's telling them at this dinner that he's going to be leaving them, and they're upset about it. But he says that if he doesn't leave, then the counselor, the advocate can't come. And that it would be far better for them that he goes so that they can receive the Spirit. You see, the Spirit comes and lives inside of us. A long time ago, the presence of God was only accessible to a few. It was inside a concrete temple, a cement giant building made from stone blocks that only those with the greatest spiritual acumen had access to. And that's where the presence of God lived and they were, there were all kinds of rituals and holiness and, and sacred things that they had to do to be able to go in there. But Jesus said, I'm going to send the presence of the living God to dwell inside each of you. That the power that I have, you will have. That the power that is in me will be in you. That the spirit that created life on this earth will create life inside of you. Understand that. That when Jesus beat death when he was crucified and resurrected, that when he left, just a couple days later, he sent his spirit down to live in you. If you follow Jesus, the spirit of God, his presence exists inside of you. You're a temple. You're a temple. You have holiness within you. Not your own. The holiness of God rests on you. Your body is a temple. So he says, whom you've received from God. And then he says, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. That is an encouraging word, isn't it, sometimes? Now listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's kind of like, I'm not my own, I'm bought at a price. That's a little bit oppressive. I don't know how I feel about that. Our generation especially, they're probably very afraid of verses like that. But listen, it's good news. It's good news for us. Because on our own, we're broken. On our own, if we are in ownership of ourselves, we only walk a path that leads to pain. When we are bought and owned by Jesus, there is healing, there is power, there is comfort, there is hope, there is purpose. When we are on our own, we don't have 
any way forward. When we belong to him, we've got a pathway laid out before us. It is better for us that we are not our own because it means that we are not responsible for what we've done anymore. It's been taken from us. It's been paid for. It's been bought. It's good news today. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. That's the best news you've heard all day today. Now listen, but that matters when we're thinking about how we take care of ourselves. Have you ever borrowed something that was really nice that was not yours? Like a lawnmower or a chainsaw or uh, uh, any other piece of nice lawn equipment. I'm, uh, for some reason, that's all I think of when I think of borrowing. In fact, my mom has a really nice car. She has a really, and I, she's going to listen to this later, probably, and so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but what you need to know is that my dad worked for a really long time to be able to buy her a really nice car. And sometimes when I'm home, I borrow her car. And here's what I want you to know, Mom, that the way that I drive her car is very different than the way that I drive my 25-year-old Jeep. It's very different. I'm caring for it a little bit more. I'm more conscious of how I treat it. I want to make sure that I return it in greater condition than the way it was given to me. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. It's time for us to treat ourselves as though we belonged to somebody else with greater respect, with greater understanding. You are not your own. And this passage uh, is encouraging to us. We are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. This is good news. This is good news that we are bought at a price, that we are not our own. But it means we've got to be more conscious of how we care for ourselves. We care for ourselves as a form of worship to the one who has rescued us. So let's make a pledge together to be physically healthy this year. Let's understand that God doesn't want just a little bit of us, but he wants the whole package. That when we give ourselves to Jesus, we don't just give him our mind and our emotions and our spirit, but we give him also our bodies as well. And so how we care for our bodies matters. We've got to make a decision to be healthy as a form of worship this morning. I'm going to give you a few practical ways to do this. And then I'm all done this morning. First, be intentional. Be intentional. Don't neglect your health. Don't eat whatever hits your plate and satisfies your palate. Be intentional about what you put in your body. The Old Testament laws called the Israelites to be carefully considerate over everything they ate. They had all these laws about food and how and when to eat, and there were a lot of reasons for it. But part of it was to be mindful of the blessing, aware that God provides for us, and so what we consume matters. There's a great proverb about being intentional when you eat. It's a little bit intense. Are you ready for it? Proverb 23, 1 and 2. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, note well what is before you, and put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony. It's extreme, right? That's why you should always carry a pocket knife. It's a great diet plan. It will get you thrown out of a restaurant real quick, though. I'm just warning you right now. People are not going to respond well to that. I don't think that he was being uh, uh, literal here. I hope not. He might have been. Solomon is the one who wrote the Proverbs. He was a little intense sometimes. But I think he's using strong language to get a point across. I think, I think the, what he's saying is that the Israelites were called to a higher standard than the surrounding nations. 
Solomon was a king, and he wrote this book of Proverbs to his sons, who would also be rulers, princes, and kings themselves. And so in this, he knew that they would be at times around foreign rulers. Now, foreign rulers in those days, it was just like you see in old movies. that They had the big table with the feast before them, with, you know, turkey legs and all kinds of cheeses and stuff, and maybe a, an entire section of chips from Frito-Lay, I don't know. And so this whole big spread of food before them, it was an easy place to give yourself over to gluttony, which is sin. Overeating is sin. And so he told them to do whatever they had to do to restrain themselves when they were in an opportunity to give themselves over to their appetites. Do whatever they had to do. In other words, be intentional. Be intentional with what you eat. And it's not going to be easy at first. got to do whatever you got to do. And then you've got to make a plan to get active. Diet and exercise only happen when they're intentional. So set measurable, attainable goals, create a schedule, and go for it. Maybe it's just to take four short walks per week. Maybe you're just introducing physical activity in your life. Maybe it's just to take the stairs at work. Maybe it's more intense to go to the gym a few days a week. I don't know where, where it lies for you, but here's the thing. We talked about this last week with emotional health, how in order to manage our time well, we've got to overstructure it sometimes. We've got to take captive every second of our day. I believe the same is true if you want to get physically healthy and you're not in a currently physically healthy lifestyle, that the easiest way for you to get into a new habit of taking care of yourself is to intentionally create a schedule. Build a routine. Put a habit in place. Do something at the same time every day. Have a way to hold yourself accountable for what you're eating. All of those things. Set measurable, attainable goals. And then just go for it. Whatever it is, make a plan and stick to it. Get accountability. In fact, we've got a life group, uh, and it's is a guy's life group because guys sign up to lead a guy's life group. Ladies, we'd love to have one that ladies are leading for the same thing, but it's called Breaking Bad Habits. And it's just a bunch of guys going to the gym a few days a week. If you need that accountability, join that life group. Join that life group and have guys who are going to text you if you don't show up that morning. Guys that are going to hold you to your commitment. Some of us need that kind of thing. I need that kind of thing, except I, I just, uh, I, all right, I'm going to tell you what I do. I embarrass myself. I, I tell my wife everything if I don't go to the gym. I, I have like a confessional over breakfast. I like say, I slept in this morning. I didn't want to go to the gym. I felt tired. My bed was warm, and I feel horrible about it. Now, that's accountability that works for me. Maybe you need more accountability than that. Maybe you've got to have guys that are texting and calling and inviting you to go. Whatever you got to do, get healthy. Number two, let's find freedom from bad habits. We find freedom in community. We've got a, a clear spiritual pathway for you here at the Gathering Church. We believe your next step should be easy for you to identify. And so we've tried to find a next step that each person that comes in this building can identify with, can understand with, and can move forward. We believe this is God's dream for your life. God's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. We want to help you get there. And so it's very simple. We believe that God's plan is for you to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. Now, we talk about finding freedom a lot this time of year because we believe that finding freedom takes place in community. That for us to find freedom from habits, hang-ups, addictions, emotional unhealth, all of it, that the best way for us to start that journey is alongside somebody else. 
that we were created to live in community, that we weren't made to do this alone. And so we believe that the best way for you to move forward is to get in a life group and get vulnerable. Be who you are. Get around people that you can get comfortable enough with to share the things that you struggle with. Come out of hiding. Don't struggle with things alone and in darkness. That's not the way of a follower of Jesus. You see, we're called to live in community. We're called to struggle alongside one another in pursuit of a relationship with Jesus, of understanding Him more, of finding our purpose in Him, of all of that. And so I believe that the best way for us to get free from some of those things or to begin that journey, maybe it's more intensive for you. Maybe you need to get in a program or you need to go see a doctor or a counselor or something like that. But I believe that the way to get you to those next steps is to push from a community that loves you, will support you, and will help you go through it. Join a life group. Join a life group. If, if, if you feel like it's time for you to move forward from these things, James 5, 6 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. So you may be healed. There is healing in community. Maybe you need to break an addiction. You can't do it without accountability. Get in a life group. Find somebody that you connect with and then start getting into an accountability relationship with them. Just say, hey man, will you hold me accountable? Can we meet? Or can, can we call each other a few times a week for you to help me break this habit? And in a life group, if you're pursuing Jesus alongside other people who are pursuing Jesus, you're going to grow closer to Jesus. It's a side effect. And a side effect of that is the spirit inside of you will increase in power. And as the Holy Spirit within you increases, and as you understand Him more and feel Him more and hear Him more, there's another side effect. It's called the fruits of the Spirit. Your spirit within you will start to reproduce new behaviors in your life, behaviors that come from God, behaviors that are, are like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And everybody join me and self-control. Three of you, thank you so much. The rest of you had too much self-control to speak out loud in church during that portion. Self-control, self-control, as in the ability to stop eating when you're full, not when your plate is empty. Self-control, as in the, the, the desire or the ability to wake up in the morning and send yourself to the gym even when that's not what you want to do. Self-control is in the ability to finally kick that smoking habit for good. Self-control as in the ability to say, I need to stop drinking at one drink when I'm out with my friends. Or even self-control is in the ability to say, I need to stop drinking because I don't have the ability to stop at one. You see, as the Spirit increases within you, you will become more like Jesus and you will have more of His qualities that will allow you to get healthy. And the third thing, find a new way to cope. Find a new way to cope. Maybe for you, like it was for me, treating your body poorly was a way of coping with emotional unhealth. This is where I was. I, I have been there. This is my natural tendency. It's not how I manage stress anymore. It's not how I manage poor emotional health now. I've understood that all of my areas of health are connected, and so I work on all the areas at the same time to try to keep them all healthy. I'm not all healthy all the time, but I'm working on it. And when I get 
a little bit stressed out, a little bit emotionally unhealthy, I immediately start working on my spiritual health, my emotional health, and my physical health by finding new ways to cope physically. And so, I think we need to find a couple of different new ways to manage it. What if we managed our stress, our anxiety, and our frustration by getting in community? You guys are going to get tired of hearing me say it, but listen, at the Gathering Church, one of our core values is authentic community. We are a community of believers fixated on lifting one another up and moving one another forward on a spiritual pathway. We do this together. The church is not a solo experience. The church is not like going to the movies. It's not a room where you come in and you sit in and you enjoy the show and then you go home. That's not what we're all about. This is a family. We go through things together. We manage stress together. We deal with anxiety together. Bring people into your life that you can be honest with, that will pray for you and with you, that will encourage you, that will take some of the load off of you. That's how you were designed to live. God made you for community. It's part of the image of God you were created in. In Genesis, it says you were created in the image of God. I believe that part of that is your desire for community. You desire it because God is a community. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one, a living community. And the church is meant to reflect that. You need other people in your life. You were made that way. You were designed relationships. Manage your stress with healthy eating and exercise. The second way you can manage it. The, The very thing that we avoid when we feel tired can make us feel less tired. And so this is a way that I'm learning to cope with my stress physically instead of eating an entire box of nerds and then maybe a roll of sweet tarts and then a couple of Cokes, maybe a Sprite because I'm all done with caffeine at that portion. Instead of doing all those things, I'm learning that if I go and I run, that oftentimes it helps me manage that stress. If I go to the gym and I just pump some serious iron, as you can tell, that it helps me (laughs) to... to, That was our admin that laughed so loud just now. She knows me well. (laughs) It helps me to manage stress. Here's a few things you may not know about exercise. Exercise... This is science. It improves your mood and your emotional health because it releases endorphins into your brain. Do you know what that is? To me, it sounds like a little tiny dolphin that lives in your brain. It's not that. It's a chemical that makes you feel good. It's a chemical that makes you feel good. You're feeling stressed. You're feeling emotionally weighed down. If you exercise, your brain actually starts to self-correct. Did you know if you're feeling low energy too tired to go work out, that when you exercise, your brain gives you more energy. It produces more of the hormones that give you energy. It's it's as though God had a plan in mind when he designed you. Did you know that exercise reduces your stress by eliminating some of the chemicals that produce stress in your brain? Did you know that it helps you sleep at night? Because a lot of times you're emotionally unhealthy just because you can't sleep. You're tired. Listen, it's almost like the very one who has created you, who has called you to a higher standard, has made you with the ability to reach that standard. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing what God has done for you? He's called you to love him with your entire self, every part of who you are. Not because he desires that from you, but because he wants something for you. 
He's got a purpose in, your mind, in mind for you. He's got a dream for you. He's set in, in, in your future, he's set up endless possibilities. But they begin with surrender of who you are to him. And this is a part of it. Your physical body is one of the areas we are called to worship God with. And how we do that matters. When our physical health is out of place, it can lead us to poor emotional health. Because chemically, these things are tied together. And God's called us to honor Him with our bodies. So when we're not living a healthy lifestyle, our spiritual health isn't going to reach its potential. It's time to treat the temple like a holy place. Like the dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Like it's not our own. Let's honor God with our bodies. You're, you've got a next step this morning. Now next week, we're going to be talking about spiritual health. The big one. And I'm excited. I, I, I've, been, I've, I've been getting ready for this upcoming message since last year. I can't wait to start our year right by focusing on our spiritual health. But this week, as we get ready for that, my hope is that we'll start doing some things to get ready emotionally and physically. Because I want the best for you spiritually. I want for you and for your family, for you to be closer to Jesus in 2018 than you ever have before. I want for you to feel the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. I want you to feel His joy, His goodness. I want you to have peace this year. I don't know about you, but 2017 had some really unpeaceful moments for me. I want 2018 to be marked as a year of peace for you, a year of joy, a year of direction. But I believe it's all connected. And so before we get into the spiritual side of it next week, before we get into all the things that we can do to love Him better with our spirit, all the ways that we can be more connected with His spirit, I think this week we've got some next steps. We've got some commitments we need to make. We've got some decisions we need to make. Maybe you're still working on emotional health. It takes more than a week sometimes to get emotionally healthy. Maybe physical health is tied to that for you. Maybe you need to start making a plan to cope with your stress better this week. Maybe you've done everything you can to make your schedule work well, but it's still stressful. And so maybe you need to get in an exercise routine. Maybe it's the what you eat. Maybe it's time to stop putting garbage in your body that makes you feel worse. Maybe it's something like that. And listen, I'm not talking about diets and crash diets and fad diets. and Diets are fine. They're okay. You want to do a diet? Do a diet. That's great. How about we just focus on honoring God with what we eat? How about instead of worrying about whatever the cool diet on Instagram is this week, how about we just honor Him with what we eat all the time? What if we just were intentional with what we put in our bodies? What if we just said there is a line here? You know, Daniel was one of the prophets of God. There's a whole book in the Bible called Daniel. You can read his story, but in the very first chapter, Daniel is in an environment where he's not being held accountable. He doesn't have priests around him anymore. The pastor's not going to preach to him about what he eats on Sunday. He's in a foreign country, living with a foreign king, being offered a seat at that king's table to eat whatever he wants to eat. But Daniel knows that God has called him to live a different standard than those around him. 
that God has called him to honor him with his body. And that the food on that table goes against that calling. And so Daniel makes a decision and a couple of his friends, they form an accountability group. And they go to the king's assistant and they say, we can't eat all this garbage because what we put in our body matters. It matters to us and it matters to God. And that decision would mark his life as somebody who loved God with all of his heart and with all of his mind and with all of his soul and with all of his strength. What's going to mark you? Are you going to give God a little bit? Are you going to give him just one or two pieces of who you are? Or does he get the whole thing? Because he wants the whole thing this morning. Let's honor God with our bodies. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are, for what you've done for me, God. I thank you for the way that you've changed me and transformed me, God. I thank you for the way that you've called me out from, from falling apart, set me up on my feet, given me purpose, and have put me forward in your plan, God. Help me to honor what you've done in my life, God, to honor you with every aspect of who I am, including my body. God, give us, give us the discipline that we need to make these hard choices, to make some life changes, to, to move in the right direction today, God. Put people around us who would hold us accountable, who, who would make this decision together, Father, that we could walk through it as friends and family. God, be glorified in our lives and everything that we do. We love you so much, Lord. We lift you up. We praise your name. Be glorified in us. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.